Amen. Okay, let, let me just share with you uh, a couple of things I felt the Lord would have me say. Uh, if there was a title to this message, it would be called Healing Bitter Waters and Barren Lands. So here's the context. Elisha has seen Elijah go up in the chariot of fire. You know the story. He follows him around and he sees the chariot of fire. Elijah gets on. Elisha watches him go and he says, all I want is a double portion of your anointing. And so the mantle representing uh, Elijah's calling and his anointing. I wish God would have given them different names. <laughs> like Mark and Ian would have been great. <laughs> but here's Elijah and Elisha and, and the mantle falls. And, and I always used to think when I was in Sunday school that the mantle kind of the coat wafted down on the breeze and just settled on Elisha's shoulders. But the Bible says that Elisha picked up the mantle that had fallen. It was laying there. Anyone could have come and picked it up. But because he was faithful, because he followed Elijah all the way, he was able to pick up the mantle. And then, you know the story, he goes back to the Jordan River. And coming over, Elijah had struck the waters of the Jordan River with the mantle and the waters parted so they were able to cross to where they saw him go up. And here's, uh, here's Elisha. He's got this, he asked for the double portion anointing. He's got this thing in his hand that represents the calling and the anointing of the prophet. Can I borrow your coat for a minute? Sure, please. Okay, oh, whatever, yeah. So he's got this thing in his hand and he's standing at the, at the banks of the Jordan River. And the King James or the New King James Bible says, he called out, he raised this, this, this cloak, he rolls it up, and he calls out, where now is the God of Elijah? Modern English, let's see if this thing works. <laughs> I'm serious. That, that's what he was saying. Let's see if this works. And he struck the waters and blow me down if it didn't work. And, it, and, and the waters parted. Now, the Bible says a little ways away in 2 Kings chapter 2, if you want to follow. Thank you. This is now specially anointed. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so he's up. A little ways away on the other side of the Jordan, there's this company of people called the School of the Prophets. There's about 50 of them, the Bible says. And they're standing on this cliff and they're looking down and they see what happens and they go, ooh, the anointing of Elijah is on this guy. Let's go see if we can get him to do some tricks. That's again the NIV. But let, let's go see if we can get him to do something. And so they go to him and they say, you know, you know the story. It's like, we need to look for Elijah. And Elisha said, no, he's gone. And they press him. He goes, okay, you can go look if you want. Three days later, they come back and say, well, he's gone. And Elisha goes, uh-huh, told you. But then they come to him and they say, listen, this place that we're at, and the place they were at was the area of Jericho. And I'm making a big, long story short for you tonight. They're at this place called Jericho. And... Verse 19 of 2 Kings chapter 2, he says, The men of the city said to Elisha, Please notice, the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord sees, but the water is bad, 
and the ground is barren. Now let's pause there for a minute. The water was bad and the ground was barren because Jericho had been destroyed by God when Joshua entered the promised land. And God had told them that it was never to be rebuilt and the ground would be barren because that was a place that was standing. It was the first place that stood in the way of God's purposes. There are some things that God wants to destroy in your life. <laughs> now, you know, let's, let's not have a big fight about this, but there are some things that seem to be good that God says, no, these things are standing in the way of my purposes. And so I'm removing them. Jericho was the crossroads of that, that part of the world. The Silk Road ran through Jericho and on down to Egypt. All the comers from Persia and from that part of the world came through Jericho. It was a prosperous city. It was a technologically advanced city. And the people of Jericho had put their faith in their commerce. They put their faith in their technology. They put their faith in their position. And God says, I've got a better plan. And there are, there are, there are places, there are positions that God wants to bring you into and bring you through. But it's not necessarily where we should be living. Come on. Yeah. You know, we, we, we love, are you doing all right, babe? If, uh, if, if there are places that we would love to say that, that sometimes we love to tell God what will be good for us, don't we? Yeah, this is a good place, Lord. But anyway, God, God spoke and he said, this is, this is cursed and no one should rebuild it. Then there comes, in history, there comes a king named Ahab. We all know about Ahab. He married the woman with the J name. <laughs> you know, no, I'm not even going to touch that. Um, not Jenny. Not Jenny. <laughs> it was Jezebel, for those of you that are not clear. And Jezebel, instead of Ahab influencing Jezebel to serve and walk in the ways of the Lord, Jezebel influenced him to turn away from God and serve false gods. And then under Ahab's reign, a guy rose up that wanted to rebuild Jericho. And the Bible says one of his sons had to be laid in the foundation of the gates and another in the foundations of the walls. Now, we think, well, you know, maybe his sons died and he just buried them there. But the truth is that his sons were sacrificed as a human sacrifice to whatever gods they were serving in order for that city to be raised up again. I'm telling you tonight, there are things that we are looking at and desiring in our lives and we haven't truly counted the physical and the spiritual cost that God wants us to see and recognize. Parents, do never ever be willing to sacrifice your children, not even for the call of God. How can you say that you're a pastor? Yeah, but we, we did everything in our power to make sure that our children were the number one ministry in everything we did. 
We didn't do it perfectly. <laughs> you know I do this just to make sure you're listening, right? <laughs> no, we, we didn't do it perfectly. We made some mistakes along the way. I made some mistakes along the way. But yet we made sure that we didn't sacrifice our children on the altar of our ministry. And you might think that we're doing, we're doing the right thing. We're honoring God. No. Look after your children. Yeah. Look after your children. Make sure your children are not buried in the foundation. They need to be the foundation. Yeah, very good. Come on. Yeah. And it's never too late. God is able to redeem what we'll see here. And, and, and the ground that they rebuilt the city, it became a center of commerce again. But there were no crops because the ground was barren. And there was no fresh water for the city because the waters were bitter because of what God had, had done to the place before. And thank God that there is a place of restoration when we first come in repentance. Come on. You might have had things that have gone bad in your life. And it might have been gone. Now, I, I'm saying there are things that we need to leave behind. But there are things that God can redeem in your life as well. If we will come with a heart of repentance, God is able to redeem the things even that seem impossible. And again, I'm not trying to drag this out, but they come to Elijah, uh, Elisha and say, you know, can you fix this for us? We see the anointing on you. Can you fix it for us? And Elisha says, bring me, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. Now, if, if you know anything about agriculture, if you want to fix ground that is not producing, you don't put salt in it. In fact, salinity is probably the problem in the first place. But the new bowl represents a new covenant, a new container, a new, uh, a new uh, deal that the Lord wants to make with us. And the salt represents, uh, it, the salt is the currency of covenant. You see, salt had been used to curse the ground, but God wants to use those things that might have been the cause of a curse in your life before, if we come in repentance and we come depending on Him, He will take that thing and turn it into the very thing that brings us redemption. 30 pieces of silver was the price of a slave. And yet God used 30 pieces of silver to bring the Messiah to a point where He sacrificed His life so you and I could be sitting here tonight worshiping Him. God can use those things and so so he takes the he takes the bowl and he takes the salt representing a, a new way and a new covenant and the Bible says he went to the headwaters you know we gotta go to the root of the problem God doesn't just fix symptoms if you're sick tonight don't just ask God to take away the pain, the surface things. Ask God to deal with the root, with the source. He's not just interested in giving you 
money to get you through the next week or the next month. He's interested in teaching you godly principles about finances and stewardship. Yeah, it would be a lot simpler if he just gave me a million dollars. Now, I heard there was like a big lottery jackpot on this weekend here in Australia. Anyone win that? Now, see? It would be so much easier if God just gave one of us $20 million or whatever it was. And we could do so much for the kingdom of God. Now, see, because the amount of money is not the issue. It's the godly principles of stewardship and faithfulness and all those other things that go along with managing God's resources. We gotta go to the source. We gotta go to the source. We gotta go to the source. Yeah. If you don't know what the source is, ask God to show you. You know, I've been doing this for a long time and uh, I used to love getting people to the altar, laying hands on them, laying them on the floor and shouting at them and spitting on them or whatever else you do. And, you know, and running around and being busy and sweating and all that. And then people would get up and go out and some people were, were healed, some people received a miracle. But sometimes life would not change that. Sometimes we need to go back to the source and walk it out day by day. I believe in miracles. I believe God can do miracles right here tonight. And he will do. But he wants to take us to the source of the issue. You know, a guy come to me one time. I was preaching up in Queensland many years ago. And he, uh, he said, can you pray for me? I've got some heart problems. And I said to him, and, and, and I'm, not a, I'm not a nutritionist or a specialist in that, as you can tell. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't eat the healthiest. I can look at this body. The chick around your head. You know how you guys want to know how to get a body like this? 63 years of neglect. <laughs> but seriously, I asked him, I said, and I and I believe it was a lot. They said, tell me about your diet. And he goes, Well, you know, I really love fried foods. And I said, I'm gonna pray for God to heal you, but I think you need to stop eating the wrong stuff. If you've got heart problems from eating fried foods, then you need to stop doing the things that go to the source of your issues. Now, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nutritionist, like I said, but sometimes life is simple and we try to complicate it. And we hear testimonies. Uh, uh, I used to study revivalists and uh, a guy named A.A. Allen. Anyone heard of him? Saw amazing miracles. Well, A.A. Allen is known to have prayed for a few people, I believe, who were overweight and at least, I've not seen videos of this, but the records are that they lost the weight instantly. And I'm thinking, do that for me. <laughs> like, you know, sculpt this a little bit. But you know, some God will do that if he needs to. But we got to go back to the source. You, yeah. Can you hear what I'm saying? Go to the source. Go to the source. And ask God to do the miracle at the source. Yeah. And what flows from the source then will be health and life. Yeah, it's very good. And you know the story how Elisha poured the salt into the water at the source. 
And the Bible says the waters became sweet from that day to the present time. And I feel God is saying to us today, I want to make a new covenant with you. I want to show you how to deal with things right from the source. You want a miracle? You want a word? You want healing? You want all the good things? I can do that miraculously, but I want to do it miraculously at the source. And I want to heal the bitter waters. I want to heal the barren ground. The word barren actually means it was apt to miscarry or apt to abort. Anything that was planted in there just died. It grew up and then it just died. And maybe in, there are individuals here tonight that you've, you've tried, you've saved, and it seems every time you get a few dollars together, the car goes out and you got to spend the money on that. Or something happens and you get a major repair bill at home. Or something happens with the kids and you got to spend money on them. Or whatever it is, you just get over one thing health-wise and something else props up. Go back to the source and let sweet water flow from the source. Let healing flow from the source. Let the barren ground Instead of being apt to miscarry, let it give miraculous life to us tonight. Miraculous life. Jesus said in the parable of the sower, some would produce 30, 60, or 100 fold from the seed that fell on the good soil. Lord, make it good soil in our hearts today. Productivity in a way that it's not just one crop that'll get us through. You know, I deal with a lot of people in developing nations, and it's like, uh, I've, and I've had this happening. Pastor, can you help us to buy a cow or two so that we can start to produce a herd? And so I bought them the cow, and and they get, you know, the cow gets uh, pregnant, and they have a calf, and they get the milk. And then suddenly some crisis happens and they ended up killing the cows so they could eat for the day instead of understanding that God was supplying them. God was introducing a whole supply line, not just the next day's hamburger. I believe God is speaking to his church today. Understand the fruitfulness and the productivity of the supernatural supply line of God. I was sharing this morning, or was it yesterday, I can't remember now, uh, how when COVID happened and all our ministry got shut down, God said, rely on me. Don't ask for money. Don't ask for anything. I'll take care of you. And, you know, I've learned to trust God over the last three decades for our supply. But since COVID, there is not one thing you can say to me that will convince me that God won't take care of me. There is not one thing. And I don't care if, if, if I'm getting skinny. I'm 
You laughed a little bit too much here, Dad. But you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. It, we downsized our house. We did all the stuff that we needed to do to, to, look, to look after what God had entrusted us with. And, and when COVID hit, it was like, okay, you can take care of us. And God did supply. You will never convince me God won't take care of me. And I'm telling you this tonight because I want you to become convinced that God will take care of you. Not because he did it for me, but because his word says he will do it. What things have seemed to make your life bitter or barren? And I'm not going to stand here and list a whole bunch of stuff that you've gone through. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. Dreams. Plans that have been aborted. I deal a lot with pastors. And I sit and listen to some of the stories that they tell about how they came into a place with great plans. And lost everything. Almost overnight. And something was wrong. And I know that happens to people, it happens to ministers, it happens to Christians, it happens to non-Christians, non-believers. But tonight, the point of my message is to encourage you to let those circumstances drive you to the source, understanding the covenant that God wants to make with you to bring healing, to bring restoration, to bring sweetness to the bitterness, and to bring productivity to the barrenness. Father, thank you for your word tonight. I, I don't know what my brothers and sisters are going through. But Lord, you know, and uh, you know, Lord, I was planning on preaching something else tonight, but you just wanted to speak this word to your people. So in Jesus' name, would you come and begin to bring to our minds not just what the problem is, but take us back to the source. And we bring your covenant, your promise to bear on that source of the issues and the problems in our lives. And we surrender them to you and we repent. From everything that we've done that has been against your word, against your direction. Now let healing come. Let bitterness be made sweet again. Let barrenness be made fruitful again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, I, I said earlier I wasn't going to do the come to the front altar call, but I think that's what God's saying to do. So uh, without listing all of the things, if you feel like there's something in your life you just want us to stand with you and pray and agree with you on, and we're not going to do any regression therapy or anything like that. That's not what this is about. Okay? You're going to take responsibility for some things as well. And so I just want to pray that God will give you the strength in your life and his power applied to that particular issue and need to bring healing and restoration. Okay? Yeah. So uh, let me just say this one thing before uh, we go on. Uh, this afternoon, as I was praying, and I was praying so intensely that I started to groan with sounds that couldn't be uttered. Now, my wife, who was unspiritual this afternoon, would call it snoring. <laughs> no. 
I did. I, I, I kind of fell asleep. But while, even while I was asleep, I felt like the Lord was speaking to me. And, and there, he, he's, he highlighted someone that's having an issue with their arm. And here's, here's how the best way I can describe it. It's like like pins and needles, not, not the tingling stuff, but the painful, sharp pains in your arm. And uh, again, you don't have to publicly identify, but if you want to come, I, I, I'm just going to pray that God will do a miracle for you tonight. See, it's not about whether I get to list your testimony on my website. It's about whether you get to go away with God having worked in your life. And I, I love testimonies, but I, uh, and I may be wrong in this, but I've actually stopped getting people up to testify to what God has done. Just go out there and tell your friends what God has done. Show them how God has worked in your life. All right, so whether it's a, a, a physical thing or an emotional thing or a financial thing, I'm going to open this altar right now. And uh, if you would want to come and stand, I will take some time to pray for you. Do we have ministry teams available tonight? Yeah. Okay, so here's the deal, folks. I am not the magic man. All right, the same Jesus, the same Holy Spirit that's working through me is working through his people that are willing to stand with you tonight. Yeah, that's right. I'll be gone in less than 24 hours. Jesus will still be here. Your pastors and leaders will still be here. Your ministry teams will still be here. And so let, let's learn to let these people lead us to the source of our solution, not just the source of our problems. Yeah, that's right. So uh, I'm going to ask those that are on ministry teams, uh, well, actually, why don't you come now and stand? If, uh, do you need to remind people? <laughs> All right. <laughs> come on, if, if you're part of a ministry team, Don't just stand all over there. Spread out a little bit. And I will also come and pray for people. And um, now I, I don't know how you want to do this. Bring bring your phone if you want to record something in case there's a prophetic word from any of these folks. Uh, again, it's you know we can collect a whole bunch of prophetic words. It's useless unless we actually act on it. So record them for the sake of going over it and looking into it and following God's direction on it. And um, if, if you need some help, we can point you in the right direction at least. Uh, but come and receive prayer. This doesn't need to be a late night. Why well, used to do meetings that started at 6 that would go till 2 in the morning? I'm not that young anymore. And, and so, so I'm not asking you to stay till all hours. Pastor Mark, I don't know if you want to come and people can be released to go if they need to go. You say anything? Is, yep. Do you need to say anything? And we'll be here to pray with you. Maybe, um, Pastor Eddie, if you could just get everyone to stand with us. All right, yeah. Maybe you could just, just pray a corporate uh, prayer over us. And then if you need to go, I know you've got family with kids, that's totally cool. If you need to go and just uh, attend to what needs to get done. Uh, but the, the, the space is open. There's an invitation for everyone today to come and... Um, and I think that the word was so good. It's, it's go to the source. And... Uh, and asking the Holy Spirit to bring revelation and truth onto where, what the source is, what it is that you can speak and start. Did you break something, Sam? I did. Did you step on his computer? I did. Oh, 
I went over there to give him a hug, so it was all pure. But no. are you going to give him a pray? Yeah. Uh, and then, then you will. If you need to go, you're welcome to go. But we really uh, appreciate that. Uh, we appreciate the word tonight. Just appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, and Marie for coming to to spend time with us and to uh, and to sow seed into what I'm believing is fertile soil. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I believe that the soil that's here in this church community is fertile, and the seeds you bring are eternal seeds. Uh, and it is absolutely it's seeds from heaven that is the person of Jesus. And so, uh, if, if you wouldn't mind, just just pray a, a corporate release over our, over our church community, and then there's space. Yes. We're, we're going to stop the recording after the prayer, uh, and then there's space. And uh, God bless you. Um, thank you for coming tonight. What he was saying is, you know, just don't walk out of here. And, oh, that's just nice. What are you going to do about it? Maybe you can go home and pray. And maybe if you're in a family or your mom or your dad or your, your husband or your wife is, or, or a close friend, you can say, help me. Is, is, there, is there, help me find the source. Talk it through. But don't walk out of here and think, oh, that's just nice. Well, that was. It was nice. But um, I've got a message to do it. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you that that can be the testimony of our lives. Your goodness and your mercy is promised to follow us all the days of our life. In the green pastures, in the still waters, in the valley of the shadow of death, in the presence of our enemies, your goodness and your mercy is chasing us down. Thank you for that. And so I bless your people tonight. Thank you for releasing your word here. Yeah. And I know there's still more to come, still more ministry to come. I pray that we will look to you as we come for ministry or as we go back to our work. I pray that lives and hearts will be changed and uh, impacted by what you've spoken, not just through me, but by your spirit. And, and Lord, I just pray blessing on this body, on this congregation, Pastor Mark and Ali, on the leaders here. And, and your plans for this place, we release blessing on that to bring sweetness and fruitfulness yeah. to this region. Yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you feed, don't go. I, I was looking for you, and I looked right at you a few times. I think you didn't even see it was you. I just wanted to share something with you. Is that all right?